Father, we invite you. God, there's nothing that can be done here unless it's done by you that matters. There's nothing temporary, God, we care about. Father, we're here for eternal things. And you're the only one. There are no other gods. There are no other idols. There are no other philosophies. There are no other principles or wisdom that man can create. God, that can produce what you can produce. That can change what you change. So God, we come to you solely and alone. And pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open our hearts to receive what's on your heart. God, help us to, to not just hear, but oh, Father, I pray, give us the strength, Lord, to actually do, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And so, Lord, I pray, God, would you prepare us now? Would you allow our minds and our hearts to, to tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit, not the voice of Scott Brandon, but, Lord, what you want to say. Show us your heart today. I ask it, Father, most desperately I ask it. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. I'm a bit nervous this morning because as we were singing and worshiping, I was just listening to the Lord and he said, Scott, just share your heart this morning. Just share your heart. And I said, okay, Lord, I can, I, that's what I plan to do. <laughs> that's why I came here. He said, no, no, don't get, don't get caught up in your notes. Just share your heart. And I said, Lord, you understand that could be like three hours. We don't want to do that to your beloved children, Lord. And so I, I do want to do just that. I just want to share my heart. Uh, today is an important day. It's an important day because um, it's not just where we come and we hear the word of God. But it's also that we come and we fellowship with one another this morning and and as I, I looked through Scripture, in fact, as I was, I kept, I kept going through my sermon and writing my sermon, I just kept pushing everything to tomorrow or the next Sunday and the next Sunday. I was like, that's so good. It can't be this Sunday. And so uh, I'm going to have a whole lot of notes for you today, but be ready next week, okay? We're going to back the dump truck up, I promise you. Now be ready for that. Um, when I was about nine or ten, my grandpa, he was a preacher. Uh, he knew everybody in town, every pastor in town in Jacksonville. He was the police chaplain for about 20 years. And uh, one time he took me to, we always went to different places, but he took me to another church. They were having a picnic. And as they were having a picnic, um, Grandpa brought us in, and we're saying hi to everybody. And eventually we find the pastor and talk to them. But what I realized as I was there was is that, that it, was, it was a bit different. This was different for me. Because as we met and greeted everybody, I realized that me and Grandpa, we were the only white folks there. And uh, I was like, oh, I don't know these people. I don't, I'm not familiar with this at all. This was new to me. Um, in, in this sense, of my Grandpa, he's just, hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? And, and then he, he's talking to the pastor, and the pastor says something about, come with me inside to go see something. And, and so Grandpa turns to me, he says, stay here with this lady. And and her son, and I'll be right back. And as I'm sitting there at the picnic table, I'm watching people, they're playing 
um, uh, horseshoes and dominoes, and they're grilling. There's a bunch of ladies. It's, it's so vivid. It's like it was like yesterday I was there. I remember this. And, and they're just kind of cutting up and laughing. And I, I remember that I don't think I've ever in my life felt so alone. I, I, I looked around, and I, and I realized, I remember saying this to myself, I don't belong here. This is not where I belong. Which is funny because when I look back at all the places I've been in life, um, there's many places that I felt comfortable in that I should have never felt comfortable in. I didn't belong in those places, you know. Um, Jail a few times. Pulaski County. If you've ever been to Pulaski County Jail, raise your hand. No, don't do that. I'm just saying. It's... It's not a good place to be. Most folks are trying to get to prison because Pulaski County Jail is so bad. But it wasn't so bad. There's been some parties I've been to where, where you know, it's been crazy. Some shots rung out one time. And, and even though things were nuts, I still wasn't like, I don't belong here. There's, there's been some situations. Matter of fact, I, th- I grew up with one of my friends. He was a best friend of mine, Damon. We went to his uh, family reunion. They were all black and they had T-shirts. And I didn't have one and I was white. But I still felt like I was okay. But that one time at the picnic, I felt like I did not belong. I felt so lost. And it impacted me like nothing else before. And, and as I thought about that this weekend, what I wondered was, even though the hospitality, they, they were welcoming and loving to me. They, in fact, the lady she, that I was sitting with, she realized I had some discomfort and she said, she said, your grandfather will be back here in a minute, baby. Just, just hold on, you know. She knew I was not okay. But even in spite of all of the love and hospitality, I still felt lost. I still felt isolated. And what I wonder is, is have you ever been in a place that you should have never felt like you don't belong or never felt like you fit in? But, um, or actually, you should have felt like you fit in and felt like you belong, but you didn't. There was no reason for you to not feel connected, but for some reason, you felt like you were on an island in the middle of a continent. And so this morning, I want to talk to us um, about fellowship. When I read into Scripture, Acts chapter 2, when I read into Scripture, what I see is this is the first instance, right? Um, The power of God has just fallen in Pentecost. And, it, and, and as, uh, uh, as the Holy Spirit's poured out, Peter is preaching the gospel. It says that the people were cut to their heart. And as they were cut to their heart, they began to say, what do we do with this message? And 3,000 gave their life to Christ that day. As it says, the Lord added to the church, right? I love that because what I see is this. It wasn't church growth strategies. It wasn't the alignment of mission, vision, and, and values. It wasn't a missions program a killer youth program, a killer kids program. It wasn't that they had an awesome worship team. They didn't have that. They didn't have a ministerial staff. They didn't even have a marketing team. They had no brand, no identity, no nothing at all. But somehow 3,000 people were thriving. It blows my mind. I say, Lord, are we doing things wrong? Because this is the church that you made. You made this church. So when I look at this church, what I ask myself is this, is what are the characteristics of that church? Because that's the kind of church I want. In fact, it goes on down there and it says, there were two main things that we see in Acts chapter, let's just read it right fast so I don't just ramble. 
It says in verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and all had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, and they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Amen. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day. Two things I see. Two things I see. God says, this is my church. Let me show you how. One, I'm using apostles to to produce signs and wonders. That doesn't happen unless I say so. And then I'm adding to the church. No No one can bring about salvation except God alone. And so these things are characterized in the church. But when I reread the scripture, there are two particular characteristics that I, I stumble upon and I can't get past. And it says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And, and when, I, when I understand that, I, I get how important teaching of the word is. Notice it says, it says that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and and fellowship. It didn't say that they were devoted to breaking bread. It didn't say they were devoted to prayer. It didn't say they were devoted to going to the temple. It didn't say they were devoted to um, um, uh, praising the Lord. It didn't say they were devoted to those things. Those things happened because they were devoted to the teaching of the apostles and to the fellowship. Those other things were the outflow, the overflow of what they were getting, what they were devoted themselves to. But what I see in this scripture is simply this is that there are two concepts that have required their devotion. Now, devotion is a tricky word here because it's not just something we feel like, like, okay, we're just going to be committed to. It's easy as that. In fact, if we look at this word devoted in the Septuagint, the Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. It was what Jesus quoted to give it validity, okay? And so if you look at the Old Testament translation in the Greek, what we find is that the word devotion is the same word that Moses uses to encourage the spies to go out into the promised land, to have grit and tenacity, commitment, dedication, and to not return without a report. So whatever it takes the spies to go and to do what they have been asked to do for the glory of the Lord and for the discovery of of the promised land, go and do it and then bring us back something. Whatever it costs you, whatever you have to muster up, then this is what you must take with you. And this is the same word that, that Luke uses to write Acts when he says, devoted to teaching. In other words, whatever it costs you, to get the teaching of the word, whatever you have to compel yourself with, be committed to, not give up on the task, make sure you come back with something because you are devoted to it, just like the spies were devoted to going out and fulfilling the assignment. Make sure you devote yourself to the apostles' teaching. But then he elevates something else on the same level as that. He says also devote yourself to fellowship. To fellowship. Now, you and I understand all day long 
the fellowship is, is important, right? And in fact, it's, to some degree, it's so easy for us to do fellowship, you know, we're around people we like, you know, and they look like us, talk like us, smell like us. That's real easy then. Then, then, then it's easy for us to fellowship. Teaching in the Word is a bit difficult because we have to hear the Word. We're supposed to do the Word. But teaching of the Word is something we can elevate because we realize it's difficulty. But fellowship, we don't always elevate on the same level as teaching. But this is what Scripture is telling us, that they are the same. They are equal to the same. So what is Scripture telling us? What is it simply saying? I would say to us this morning that we cannot be that type of church that we see in Acts unless we are hearing the Word of God taught to us, and we are also operating in the fellowship that they did. Let me just encourage us this morning and challenge us this morning as well that we are not a biblical church unless we are, we are hearing the Word of God and we are following in the pattern of fellowship. I believe Scripture is saying this, just to make it clear. What should, we should be as dedicated to the fellowship of the body as we are to the teaching of the Word. Let me say it again. We, we should be as dedicated to the fellowship of the body as we are to the teaching of the Word. So let me ask the hard questions for us this morning as we see this. Are we, are we, as faithful to the body of Christ outside of the sanctuary as we are inside of the sanctuary? Are we as faithful? Are we as loving? Are we as kind? Are we as forgiving? Are we as caring? Are we as encouraging? Are we as hopeful? Are we as prayerful? Are we, are we, all, are we those things outside of this room as we are in this room. Now let me just tell you, here's what I love about you so far, so far. You know, when, I, when they told me about Harrison Faith, uh, I talked to a few people and they said, uh, Scott, this is your first pastor. I don't really recommend you go to that church. They're gonna have some problems. There's gonna be some issues there. It's gonna be good for a little while, but then you're gonna get in the middle of it. And I don't know if first time pastor is where you wanna be when that stuff really starts to, to synthesize. They're a broke church. And I remember hearing that from about three people. And, and, and these were ministers who have been in ministry for 20, 30 years. And so, you know, when they said that, there was something to me, it's, well, see, what they don't know is they were trying to discourage me, but they were actually encouraged me because I don't know if you know it or not, but I just like broke things. I just like broke things. Because I always see the Lord do the greatest things through broke things. And I can tell you that since I've been here, man, it's humbled me to see how you have grown in your love, to grown in your welcoming, your kindness, your hospitality, how you've grown in your, your servitude, how you've served. How you've grown in the, in the worship, in the, in the presence of God. How, we, how we've grown and, and, we're, and we're continuing to grow. That, that encourages me like nothing else before because, because now I'm, I'm so excited to say, 
you really need to come to our church. You know, it's the worst. I don't, there's some pastors in this room. I don't want to ask you, but isn't it horrible to have a church that you don't want to invite nobody to come to? I'm so thankful that's not this church. It's, it's easy to ask people to come here. But it doesn't just stop here in this room. There's something more for us because the scriptures elevated the teaching and the fellowship on the same plane. So what does that look like for us? What are you saying? As I read that, <clears throat> I realized how profound that statement was. So imagine just for a second with me what that looks like if you and I don't just open the doors to our sanctuary, but the doors to our homes. Because to be a biblical church, we can't just hear the word of God. See, it's easy to sit and listen. It's difficult to walk in love. And so let us be challenged this morning that this was the church that God created, right? There was no other way this was established. This was what the Lord did. And he takes these two concepts and he says, they are the same. They are the same. And now next week and the week after that, we'll get into why it's so important for fellowship. But I just want to challenge you today. Is it, is it challenged me? I got up from my seat and I was just like, Lord, this is so good. This is so good. Lord, Lord, Lord root this in me, Lord. Root this in me. I don't want to be just a church that says the Bible is our guidebook for living. If, if, we, if that's true, if we're going to hear the word of God, then we also must walk in that word of God that says we must open our lives and our doors and our homes to people who, who are scary at times. You never know what you get sometimes in the body of Christ. And so imagine with me, if, if we were a church that was as devoted to fellowship as we are to the teaching of the word, do you think that we would break bread more often? Do you think we might pray for each other more often? That we would share when one of us had a need more often? That we would all attend church together each Sunday? You know, I don't know how many people we have coming to church. It's probably about 500 if everybody shows up at the same time. Imagine what it would feel like in here if everybody that came to church came to church every Sunday on the same Sunday all the time. It, this, this, this morning's worship was already thick and tense, but can you imagine if they multiply us and we're all here at the same time doing the same thing, searching for the same God? And this is, this is what is possible. Can you imagine if we all had meals with each other more often? Can I introduce something that I was, as I was writing this down, this word came to my mind. And I, I, I don't know, I'm, I feel like we're going to do this. I don't know what this looks like. And so if the Lord puts this on your heart, you know the details, come talk to me. But I, I, as I was writing and I thought to break bread more often, open our homes more often, the Lord just put this phrase in my, in my head and it was called open table. Church, what if we, what if we, my staff hates this when I start off saying, what, what if we? What if we had a ministry where you signed up to open your table 
to people in the church. Now, I don't know who's going to come. And we can figure out how, who goes where and who does what. And I know y'all got, y'all got special requests. Some of y'all can't eat pork because you're Jewish still. I understand that. And some of y'all got allergies, and some of you got preferences and flavors, and some of y'all got 50 kids, and some of y'all just by yourself. So I know there's going to be some stuff here. But here's the thing. Man, what would it do for us, church, if we open our tables to each other? What would that do? Now, I don't know all the logistics. I'm not the logistics person. But I know this, is that if I'm someone that was invited by you to this church. And I found a ministry that was called Open Table where I could go to someone's house and I could sit at the table with them and hear their story and know about their life. It might change me in a way that I'm not ready for. This is the way the church grew. This was who the church was. Now, I know that's kind of scary, cool, crazy feelings like to open my, my house to strangers. But man, there was something about them. The word, Scripture says it was hamathlidon, which means same passion, same soul, same spirit. You had 3,000 people who didn't really know each other. All of a sudden, they're doing the same thing, loving everybody at the same time. They're selling their stuff. You got a bill? Let me help you out. Oh, you you can't? Let me help you out. And all of a sudden, they're all in this, this unison. They had this unity because they had the same spirit that's in them. And, and the Lord says that because they had this spirit that united them, it was because they were united and it was producing salvations day by day, baptisms day by day. Can we be that kind of church? I, that's not a rhetorical question. I'm asking you, maybe, maybe a better way for me to say that is this, is can you belong to a church like that? Is that a church that you would go to? Or are you looking for a less sacrificial church? Are you looking for a less biblical church? I don't know about y'all, but I, I want to be a church that looks like this. But there will be a cost, right? I, I, I know how y'all think. I know how y'all think. I've realized this since I've been here. Is, is it okay if I'm just sharing this morning? Uh, as I've been here, I notice that when I give altar calls, you guys come down, but most of y'all will text me and call me throughout the whole week about what I preached on. And so what I realize is that you guys are processing. Process. So let me process with you this morning. I just got to, we really open our homes and our hearts to people. There's going to be a cost to that. Because that's change, and, and really, that's, that's a sacrifice of comfort. I don't know that I'm there just yet. And so, so what does that look like? How much am I really going to give up? And, and I think the question I would ask you is simply this, is, is what are you willing to give up for your church to depict who Jesus is? What, what do you prioritize? This is the question I'm asking myself, okay? What, what, what is it that I'm saying everything but? 
Everything but, Lord. What is it, that thing that I, I honestly hold more important than what the Lord could do in this church? And so what is it for you? What is it that would allow us to become more of a biblical church? Because when I ask myself if I'm ready to give all of it, the Lord struck me so quick this morning. He says, Scott, what do I require of you? I said, well, Lord, a lot. He said, more than that. I said to you that if any man would follow me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And if he was trying to save his life, he would lose it. But if you would lose your life for my sake, you would save it. And so the Lord has asked us to give everything this morning. He says specifically, I need you to deny yourself. That means the fear of not giving into a church like this is something we have to push back on. Deny yourself. In fact, when, he's, when he told the disciples, he says, you can only follow me if you, pick, if you take up your cross daily. When he used the words, take up your cross, understand in that setting, in that context, it simply meant this. Everyone who was carrying a cross was on their way to death. That's, that's what it meant. And so they understood that when Jesus said, you must pick up your cross, they realized that all their hopes and all their dreams and all their plans and all their aspirations and all their savings and all their agendas, all that stuff got put on a cross and they had to carry that self to the place of death. But Jesus said, if you'll do that, I'll save everything you're trying to hold by yourself. But it will cost you something. You must deny yourself. And Philippians 2, 3 emphasizes this point, and I'm going to be done. It says this. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but, but what? In humility count who? Others more significant than yourself. Those are high bars, people. But I know. I know we can be a church like that. I know we can. So I'm going to pray here in just a second. Here's my question I want you to ask yourself. What is it that you hold in your hand and you say, for me to walk in a fellowship like this, it's going to cost me this. This is, what I'm, this is what I'm struggling with as to whether or not I'm in. Whether or not I'm in on this. Church, can I tell you, I, I don't want to be a church. I don't want to just show up on Sundays. I just don't care for that. I've did that my whole life. I don't want to just show up on Sundays and go through a great time, right? And the Holy Spirit move. We get, you know, you might hear some tongues. You might hear someone get uh, uh, baptized or someone be whole. Or you might, I, I, don't, I don't need this room to sustain me. I want to know who Christ is outside this room. I want to live a life outside this room. I come to this room, and I have always come to this room for you. For you. I don't come. I, I, I can find Jesus in my own bedroom. I come here for you. To stir you up. 
to find your gift and say, what is it inside of you that you can't let go, that you you got to do? There's something that charges you. I want to know what that is in you. And I want to make sure that you're in a place that you can set that free and the Lord can use you in your obedience and enhance that gift. That's what I want. I don't want to play the game of Sunday and have a fake righteousness. There are other churches that are concerned with that. I care none of it. I'll go right back to the world I came from. If I can't have what's real on the inside, on the outside, I don't want it. But the scripture says I can have it. I just want that with you. You hear my heart this morning? And so today, we're going to have... um, we're going to have life groups tonight. Life groups for us is the way that we walk in biblical fellowship. It's the way that we lift up fellowship on the same level of teaching. And remember, without those things, we can't walk as a biblical church. Now, I'm going to be honest with you this morning and say this, is that I don't have enough life groups for all of you guys to fit in each and every one of them at the ratios I want. I need more life group leaders. I need more life groups. I need more people to host. I'm going to allow you and the Lord to talk about that. But this morning, I I want to do something so you know who people are. I'm going to present an opportunity today for you to walk in fellowship like Scripture asks you to, and, and not Scott Brandon. And so this morning, before we go that direction... I ask you, what's that thing that you hold so dear you can't sacrifice? It's so important that it would cost you this to be able to be a biblical church. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father in heaven, I pray. Lord, you you see the whiteness of our knuckles. We don't want to let go. Father, we're human, selfish by nature. We're born into iniquity. God, this is who we are. It's our flesh. But Lord, you came to give life to us to free us from those things. Lord, David said, I'll not give God nothing which costs anything which costs me nothing. And so, Father, what we're talking about and praying about right now, Lord, is going to be something that we give to you that is a high value. I pray you would identify it in our heart, in our mind, and show us how to give it to you as an offering. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me introduce to you some people who are going to help you walk through life. Life groups at Harrison Faith are simply a place that you can find life and do life. Find life and do life. Now, here's how life groups work in case you're new. Life groups work every second and fourth Sunday night of the month. Now, this last year went over great. Everybody who went through life groups has told me how much they enjoyed it and they love, they can't wait to go back. At least all the people we paid to say that, they've they've said that. Really, people are just, those who were in life group last year, are saying, I'm ready for this, Pastor Scott. I'm ready. I'm ready. And so we want you to come and find a group. Now, here's the rules. 
You can go to this life group one Sunday. You can go to this life group the next Sunday and this life group the other Sunday. But find your place eventually and put your roots down, okay? That's all we ask. This morning, let me, let me introduce to you some leaders so you know who they are, and then we're going to pray for them and dismiss them. We'll be done. All right, first off is Colton and Kylie Youngblood. Come on up. Kenny and Addison Powell. Come on up. Melinda and Claude Smith. Come on up. Trevor and Emmy Gibbons. And Ty and Candy Rowland will be hosting this uh, life group. Sam and Amy Wilson. Sam is out this morning, or he's on his way back here this morning. But Randy and Karen Bardwell, come on up. They will be hosting this life group. Uh, You know what, guys? Why don't y'all just go up here in the front for me, if you don't mind. You guys can upstage the pastor. It's okay in this church. Josh and Janetta Moore and Kevin Delore Roberts will be hosting them. Let me scoot up. Melanie and Aaron Middleton. Be hosted by Josh and Becky Earl. Y'all come on up. And last but not least, Chuck and Deanna Nichols, hosted by Gannon and Kayla Roberts. Now, I want you to know who these people are, and we're going to pray for them. Maybe you already know who they are, and and maybe you already have a relationship with them. That's fine. Uh, But we're going to pray. I'm going to dismiss them, and then then we're going to pray for unity one more time. You say, that's a whole lot of praying. Well, welcome to the house of prayer. That's what we do around here. Um, but I want you to see who, who said, Pastor Scott, I'll open my home in fellowship. I want you to see who wants to walk in biblical fellowship with you. Now, maybe this is what you want to do, what you desire to do. You pray about it. If you want to do that, come talk to me. But today, these are the people who said, I don't care what you smell like, what you look like, what you sound like, come, you're welcome. And so would you stand with me this this morning? We want to pray that God would give them a love, a a peace, and a patience um, that, that supersedes all of our human limitations. Pray with me this morning. Father in heaven, I pray God over these leaders and these hosts. Father, we see very clearly in Scripture how important it is, God, to walk in biblical fellowship. And we ask, God, this morning, God, would you anoint these people, God, much like you anointed, I know for sure, those, God, in the New Testament and Acts, God, the beginning of the church, God, you anointed people, God, to open their homes and break bread and and discuss the Word. And I pray, God, this morning, you would anoint these people like you anointed those Father, let their hearts, God, be just as bound in one in the peace and of the Spirit, Lord, as those did in the New Testament church. Lord, let their love, God, be just as overflowing. God, let their houses, God, be just as warm and welcoming, God. Let them allow people to come in, God, and feel like they belong, that they, they should be somewhere, that they are connected somewhere. They're loved, they're welcome, they're accepted, God. I pray that today, but also, Lord, let these homes... And these leaders, God, challenge us to walk in the word. And I ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can go down. So here's what's going to happen. As we dismiss service, they're going to be sitting out in the lobby behind a table. And they have a sign-up sheet. If you would like to go and be at their house tonight, 
let them know that you're going to come just walk by and put your name down or somehow make sure you get that contact information to them but there's a sheet there okay that's what I'm asking you to do now remember I'm not asking you to do it this is who we're going to be as a biblical church we're going to walk in we're going to walk in this and next week we're going to understand the power of walking in this now remember last week I told you we close service we're going to join hands so I, I hope you have picked the person you're sitting next to so go ahead and grab the person's hand next to you and st- extend across the aisles we're praying for unity every Sunday every Sunday go ahead go ahead y'all stretch across those aisles one body we're one body one body now some of y'all are like I'm never coming back I'm never coming it's okay. We'll pray God bring you back. Father, in Jesus' name, I, I thank you and I, I love you and I bless these people. Father, with whatever you've given me, God, the ability, Lord, to bless, I bless them. I'm thankful for their hearts. I'm thankful, God, for their authenticity. I'm thankful, Lord, for their love and their care. I pray, God, you make us one. You, Lord, said, make us one like you and the Father are one. And so I pray, God, as they leave out of here, God, make us one. Lay our names and our child's names, Father, on each other's hearts. Help us to pray for each other and send us out in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the glory of the gospel. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Love you. You're dismissed.